the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. National Weather Service says one of the most powerful winter storms to ever hit Southern California, leaving the region with flooding and frigid temps. Plenty of snow in and around Los Angeles. Meteorologist Zach Taylor says, meanwhile, it's not over. There is another series of storm systems that will begin to move through the West Coast over the next couple of days, bringing an additional threat of uh, heavy mountain snow all the way from the Oregon and Washington Cascade down through the Sierra Nevada in California, where there could be an additional four to six feet of snowfall likely in the high Sierra. The verbal salvos are flying. Pentagon telling China arming Russia in Ukraine would cause needless suffering. However, Defense Department says it has no new indications Beijing is preparing to send those weapons. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Salem Communications Holding Corporation stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC from time to time will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents that are responsible for any and all taxes. For full contest rules, see this station's website. Check out our sister station, thefishtwincities.com. They play the latest tracks from today's top Christian artists. Listen in for new worship songs plus familiar favorites from the past. Download the Fish Twin Cities app today, stream online, or with the Odyssey app, thefishtwincities.com. Safe for the whole family. Inside your 2 o'clock hour this afternoon, stay tuned. Another full hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network coming up. But a quick look at your weather forecast tonight. Low around 31 degrees. Possible rain throughout your overnight into your Monday. The high around 37. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus 3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. False. Brad is off on assignment. I am Mitch Berg. The headliner, now and forever. I don't even know where that name came from. Oh, I know where that name came from. And we'll talk about it next week on the 19th anniversary broadcast. I mean, the observed 19th anniversary broadcast. Because our actual anniversary was March 6th, which is a Monday. I won't be on the air Monday. So, anyway, we were out on the air... And left the Twin Cities media thunderstruck at our existence. I am Mitch Berg. I'm in for Brad Carlson today, as I have been for a number of the last few weeks here. It's been a topsy-turvy week on the Narn. I mean, I was out in Houston last week. Uh, Brad sat in for the whole weekend. I, of course, was in the entire weekend before Brad and I were at Holes for Heroes uh, two weeks ago Saturday. And then two weeks ago, I was uh, out. Uh, actually, I was in. Brad was off on assignment. Uh, <laughs> who am I kidding? Doing a Super Bowl party, which I was privilege to be able to attend later that evening had a great time and ran into a story on my way out to brad's place actually that it ended right about the time i got to brad's place and so we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment here but a, a couple stories came out this past week that not that they were needed 
but they amply reinforced the the idea that Ronald Reagan was right when he said the worst thing you could possibly hear, the most ominous saying in the English language is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. We've had ample examples of how government really is the the ingredient that causes everything to spin off into oblivion. And, and as bad as the private sector can be, I mean, we've all worked for companies run by and employing incompetence, idiots, morons. The market, the the free market, if it is allowed to romp and play freely, is usually pretty good about culling the stupid, the unequal to the task from the herd. I mean, we've all, if you have been blessed to work in an industry that is completely controlled by the free market, the idiots don't last long. Whereas if you work in industries where the, the free market is kept on a leash or put in a kennel, Idiots can build long and successful careers. I've, I've worked for, let's see, in the banking industry and the healthcare industry, the health insurance industry, and both of those industries are chock full of people who probably have no other options other than government employ, but because of government regulations, really, the, the free market has been put in a closet and told to come out when it's called for. And government is is behind most of what's wrong in the world. To be honest here, uh, so let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some examples where government is trying to <laughs> trying to make up for previous mistakes by by committing more mistakes. I mean, government and transit for starters, the the art of getting people back and forth. Once you get beyond the common road. Government is pretty much out of its depth. And by the way, roads have their problems. But over the 2,000 years since the Romans perfected the art of building the road, actually in the 200 years since Robert McAdam, the Scottish self-taught engineer, uh, invented blacktop, really the technology of the common road hasn't changed that much. It's been evolutionary rather than revolutionary. Now, there's a bit of trivia for you. Who invented Blacktop, Robert McAdam, which is why in most of the world outside the United States, Blacktop is called McAdam. It's, there's some trivia for you if you can find a bar that does trivia these days. So, I mean, the common road, I mean, society, <laughs> building roads causes problems. I mean, the, the, the way to get a bunch of libertarians to, to spin off into loop land is to say, so what if there are no roads and people have private property? How do you get roads built? Eventually, they will usually come around to the idea that you need to not have roads and wait until you can perfect hovercraft. I mean, prove me wrong, libertarians. I mean, the question, how who's going to build the roads, is a good way to get a chuckle out of a libertarian group because it's the way they mock non-libertarians. Like, hey, who's going to build my roads? Okay, well, how do you get them built then? If you need a road, a way to get back and forth between places... And all of the land in between the places you want to get is held by private owners who don't want to have you walking through their property. Well, how do you trade? And there are libertarians who will say with a straight face, well, you don't. (laughs) So uh, until you have hovercraft (laughs) or there should be no commerce away from the coast or away from rivers, for example. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's libertarians. So. So we, we've become, if not comfortable with, at least acceptant of the idea of having some level of eminent domain to build a road. Because roads, for all of their problems, tend to provide more to society than they take away. And by road, I mean this in the larger sense of the term. Some way for people and trade to get from point A to point B that they wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, for centuries... For most of human civilization, the only way to do that easily was via rivers and by the ocean, which is why most societies started along oceans and rivers. Being able to travel is a key part of human interaction. And so the road and be able to being able to build a road that wouldn't shake your vehicle to pieces that wouldn't melt away into a river of mud during the rainy season 
and all the other things that we ex- that take for granted about roads today was a major technological one of the one of the greatest technical advantages of the Roman Empire uh, and advances of the Roman Empire. That's why some of those roads are still, at, at least the rights of way, are still in use today. But once you get much past the road, the forms of transportation that government has adopted and promoted have become successively less successful. Yeah, you've got trains, and some of those trains in densely packed urban areas continue to make some modicum of sense. But And and so we've got the examples here in the Twin Cities of our subsequent layers of light rail. The blue line from downtown to the airport, okay, most of the problems got built into the uh, construction of the area because that right-of-way was cleared in the 1960s. So Jesse Ventura was able to build the blue line without a whole lot of displacement. Didn't cause a lot of pain that hadn't been paid for back in the 1960s, back when people were much more tolerant of that sort of thing. This is like right at the end of urban renewal when vast swaths of cities were being bulldozed and dynamited to, to I don't know, give the architects free reign in building what a perfect city was supposed to be. It's why downtown St. Paul is such a, a model of habitability and, and vibrancy. I'm being sarcastic. Urban renewal destroyed downtown St. Paul, and we're still paying for that. Good chunk of downtown Minneapolis, too, by the way. Uh, the parts that escaped urban renewal, the parts that are actually doing anything useful today or were before the pandemic. At any rate, one of the epic uh, public construction projects in American history, bigger than the Panama Canal in its own way, although as significant in its own way as well, was the construction of the interstate highway system. It's up there with the, the building of the Transcontinental Railroad in terms of revolutionizing how Americans uh, get around how how we communicate with each other because before the b- before uh, the transcontinental railroad Americans had to sail around South America to get to California it was a months long uh, trek either by ship or by tra- going across the United States uh, first of all in a, in a horse or ox powered wagon and then eventually sometimes maybe uh, a couple months of driving along dirt paths and local roads in rickety automobiles or Bicycles in some cases. So building the interstate freeway system revolutionized transportation because suddenly people could go where they wanted to go from their neighborhood to all the way across the United States pretty much on their own. They didn't have to follow a train timetable. They didn't have to go from train station to train station and figure it out from there, taking taxis or walking or however to get to where they actually wanted to be. They could jump in a car in front of their house, drive down the street to the on-ramp, and drive from Minneapolis to Texas in a couple days if if the er- mood struck them. And that was revolutionary. No humans in history, even the wealthiest humans in history, have been able to do that uh, with impunity, without massive expense, until the construction of the interstate highway system. That's all to the good. But like the construction of almost all roads since the time when all land was unsettled or at least settled by by minorities that were dispensed with, which is, by the way, how we got the interstate uh, transcontinental railroad because the the Native Americans' uh, land rights didn't matter so much at that time. Someone had to pay for it. And we're seeing some of the consequences of that today. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And... The really, really harebrained attempt to make up for that that's been bouncing around in St. Paul and Washington, D.C. when we come back. But first, let's go to the phones. Invergrove Heights, Dan, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go right ahead. Hello, Mitch. Um, You know, I'm very concerned about this uh, extremist uh, censorship or censorship of something they're going to label ambiguously as extremism. Yep. I mean, if you look up the definition online, just go to the Cambridge English Dictionary online for extremist. Someone who has beliefs that most people think are unreasonable and unacceptable. I mean, why is that a test, what most people think? I mean, you know, most people might think something that's crazy. Look at look at the doctors who had the courage to speak out about the COVID-19 shot and lost their jobs because they they looked at the truth 
yep. of, of, of the, you know, the statistics and, and the science that they're looking at. It doesn't test tests that are rigid. So are they extreme? Can, can we define uh, uh, groups, you know, identify groups that, that the, 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 the polit- politicians want to call extreme? Yeah. And the, see if everyone can agree. Our founding, fathers, our founding fathers were wise enough to make the First Amendment about as close to adver- absolute as it gets because the right to free speech should not be something that is chosen by a majority of 50 percent plus one. Half of the population plus one should not be able to shut you down. And by the way, the great travesty and the thing that I one of the things about which I fear the most for future generations is that we have a generation of people in their 20s and 30s and maybe even early 40s who don't get this, who never had anyone to teach them that the idea that that the things like the First Amendment, that free speech, that expression should and must not be something that, uh, that that happens only with the approval of 50% plus one of the people. In fact, if you're not defending unpopular and even rancid speech, you're not defending free speech. You're not defending speech at all. You're, you're defending oppression. If you don't defend the speech, nonviolent, uh, I mean, the speech that it does not immediately manifest in violence, by the most turgid, horrific people, the people you despise, then you are defending uh, tyranny. I mean, there is no way. And, and if and if you're and there are people out there, people who have graduated from actual colleges and universities who believe today that speech should be uh, the subject to the will of the majority. Let's take a quick break because we're going to come back to one of the dumbest ideas that is out there at all, period. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Yes, that's right. The city of St. Paul has a bridge to sell you. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Master Pool and Spa. Master Pool and Spa's huge truckload sale. Save up to 26 to 51%. Come in and we'll prove to you we have the best products at the lowest possible price. Master Pool and Spa is Minnesota's largest spa dealer. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Drive a little and save a lot. Some of our clients have driven hundreds of miles because the deals are that good. Master Pool and Spa's huge truckload sale. It only happens once a year. Save up to 26 to 51%. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. 18-month interest-free financing. This is a limited-time offer. Master Pool and Spa. Visit us today at 394 in Louisiana and St. Louis Park. Look for the big blue sign. Check us out online at masterpoolandspa.com. Masterpoolandspa.com. Or call us at 952-253-0665. That's 952-253-0665. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Do you believe the idea of America works for everyone regardless of race or circumstances? Or is this nation structured to undermine the lives of people of color? 
you're invited to listen to a special panel discussion with Alpha News host Liz Collin discussing the most censored group in Minnesota, Common Sense Black Americans. The live broadcast is Tuesday at 7 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Sponsored by Take Charge Minnesota. Supported by Co-Roundtable for Moral Capitalism and Robbinsdale Women's Center. You could save up to 50% on water and salt costs with wet technology softeners from Commerce Water. And you'll notice softer skin and hair, too. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog now at Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. AM 12A, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, the number to call. So we're talking about a little bit about transportation. And since the Roman Empire, when the idea of the road as we know it today became, if not perfected, at least pretty much nailed down in its broad outline. I mean, roads today aren't built that much different than they were 2,000 years ago, other than the whole idea of blacktop and weatherproof toppings, yada, yada, yada. I mean, they haven't changed that much. You can... The only big difference is you can drive on a freeway today at 120 miles an hour and not have your teeth rattle out of your head, unlike, say, a Roman road where five to six miles an hour on an ox on a horse cart. It's about as fast as you want to go. Other than that, I mean, you don't want to be driving down a cobblestone road in your Maserati. You're going to be needing a new Maserati soon. Point being... To build those roads, the Romans had to use a certain amount of authority to get the road built. They said, okay, we're building a road through here, and if you don't like it, well, we've got all manner of of ways of remedying that here because we're an authoritative government. Empires are like that. We sort of did the same thing with the transcontinental railroad and the entire railroad system, really, that uh, outside of uh, the the United States as it existed at the time to cross the territories, which were – Indian country, as you will, in the vernacular of the days, the the transcontinental railroads were built through the territory that at the time was considered to be the territory, the property of the various tribes. I mean, that was changing fast, obviously. The United States government was embarked on a campaign of the, the Manifest Destiny campaign, the idea that it was our destiny to control the entire continent from Atlantic to Pacific, south of the 48th, par- 48th parallel, whichever parallel it is that's the northern border of the United States. 54? No. 5440 was the other one. Uh, uh, anyway, point being, uh, that was that was territory that was seized, if you will, by eminent domain. Basically, the government said, here, railroads, we're going to give you the, these rights of way to build the routes across the United States, and by the way, most of the land on both sides of it as well, to give to people, to encourage them to move out there, to build the infrastructure you need to build a railroad, like water stops, like stations, like places to get coal or wood or whatever you burn. All of that. They essentially, the government essentially said, okay, nobody owns this. I mean, Indians, but sure, that's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And they did. That's what they did. And that's, by the way, why most of America between the Mississippi River and the Sierra Madre is what it is today, because the railroads got built over the objections of the Native American tribes who were there and whose opinions were basically disregarded. The original eminent domain using the cavalry instead of uh, lawyers, which I, I'm not getting too far into progressive uh, slang here. I mean, this is this is a fairly well-known and, and non-controversial historical fact. It was a war of conquest. We won. That's why we are here. I mean, we being the, the United States as it was constituted at the time. I don't think that's especially controversial. It doesn't make me woke to say that uh, by any means. It's historical fact. But the idea of using some sort of eminent domain to build roads over territory that you already own was something that that came out of English common law. I mean, back in England, there was some notion of private property rights, and there's some notion of public need for public infrastructure like roads, like forts, like whatever it is the public needs, that concept of the public good, something that benefits the entire public enough that you can, with just compensation, ideally, 
uh, use, seize, if you will, take private property to use for this public good. Which in the 1950s, starting in the 1950s and ending, I believe, in the, in the Twin Cities, at least in the mid to late 1980s, led to the construction of the interstate freeway system, which, again, radical change in how people got around in the United States. Instead of going from planned station to planned station and having to wing it to get to your actual destination, you could get in your car and drive from your home to grandma's home without having to buy a ticket or uh, figure out how to get from the train station out to the country. Uh, that This is revolutionary. And things got broken to make that happen. The decision was made to drive interstate freeways through major cities. And because government is the way it is, those roads got built through neighborhoods that didn't have the political or economic clout to stop them. You can see the routes that the freeway, 94 and 35 E and W, took through Minneapolis and St. Paul, starting up in the Brooklyns, which were not especially heavily inhabited at the time. They turn down the river and drive straight through the less tony environs of North Minneapolis, through a tunnel through the wealthy neighborhood around the, the Walker and the Guth, where the Guthrie used to be, because those are the neighbors that had the political clout to get the freeway run through a tunnel instead of through their living room. And then through the Whittier and Phillips neighborhoods, Stevens Point, I think, as well, skirting south of downtown through what at the time was a poor neighborhood poor or lower middle class. Anyway, not the sort of people with the political clout that your Dayton family and your Mondale's families and Kenwood had that'll, that forced them to put 94 through the Lowry Tunnel, just as it's putting the Southwest Light Rail through a impractical and hideously expensive tunnel because people with political clout don't like to have freeways or trains running through their yards or their living rooms. And thence across the river through uh, the Midway, and then through what at the time was called Rondo, a neighborhood that had been around since the 1860s, uh, the first generally majorly uh, majority African-American neighborhood in the Twin Cities, a neighborhood that does, in fact, date back to before the Civil War, a place where African-American uh, ship steamship employees, uh, crewmen, I guess, uh, railroad employees, and soldiers discharged from the army at Fort Snelling because the Fort Snelling uh, was where a number of the so-called Buffalo Soldier Regiments were stationed uh, during the 1870s through the early 19-teens. There were a number of these, these all-black regiments that were stationed here at Fort Snelling. And when these soldiers were discharged, they thought, nope, Minnesota isn't there is racism in Minnesota, but it's no better and maybe no no worse uh, than, than where I came from. So let's try it. Yeah, there was the neighborhood. Uh, there was the Rondo neighborhood there waiting for them. A welcoming neighborhood for African-Americans. That's where the black Americans settled in, in St. Paul. And while they had uh, what was, by all accounts, as we are told every year on Rondo days, and I have no reason to doubt them, a thriving, vibrant, and at the time, increasingly middle-class culture, one thing they didn't have was enough political clout to fight the federal government, the state authorities, and urban renewal, which was, by the way, gutting both downtowns and downtowns across the country at the time. And so the expert class pushed the freeways and urban renewal through the neighborhoods that didn't have the clout and the resources to fight them, which included Rondo and Whittier and Going all the way to the 1980s, the West Side, which was poor Eastern European and Italian people. Well, big government caused the problem. Big government wants to solve it. Ten Senator Tina Smith this past week sanctimoniously tweeted, Rondo was home to the largest black community in Minnesota until, 19 until I-94 split the neighborhood. Thanks to the infrastructure law. Thanks, Joe Biden. I'm excited to announce Rondo was awarded a first-of-its-kind grant to study the feasibility of a land bridge to restore what I-94 stole. 
let's make sure we're clear on this. People don't they, they, the idea is being thrown out there to study the idea of building a land bridge over I-94 and rebuilding the Rondo neighborhood there. When you see this sort of thing, what it, what, what it is, I mean, people aren't going to go spontaneously back to some place just because government says, hey, here we go. What this is is a wealth transfer from the taxpayer to the political class. The nonprofit industrial complex, the consultant class, who will spend decades and millions of dollars of your tax money to study something that is a boondoggle on a level that will make the Southwest Light Rail look like a trip to Target. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, the picture. Mark my words, this is an ironclad prediction. Go nowhere, I'll be right back. You filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. At am1280thepatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Mike Gallagher securing our border. Talk a little bit about how debilitating it has been for these Border Patrol agents who have been persecuted for trying to do their job. It is so sad what the Biden administration has done to these Border Patrol agents. The lack of support, the lack of resources. These Border Patrol agents don't have things like night vision goggles. They have to share them. They don't have enough working vehicles for all of the shifts. What a serious time for our nation. We've had Border Patrol agents actually die on the border because of the lack of resources. Visit am1280thepatriot.com. Click on Hosts and search for whatever's on your mind. You'll find a deep archive of intelligent commentary. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, join us Tuesday evening for Liz Collin of Alpha News, Kendall Qualls, and a cast of thousands, well, a cast of several, as they they, they, uh, talk about whether America works for everyone, regardless of race, creed, color, circumstances, or whether, in fact, we are racist to the core. We'll be broadcasting live at 7 o'clock, answering that question. Sponsored by Take Charge of Minnesota. Sponsored by Co-Roundtable from World Capitalism. And the Robbinsdale Women's Center. Check it out Tuesday night. Yeah. New parents. 
That album came out in 1983. I remember curling up about this time in the winter of 1983, 20 years ago, learning every single song on this entire album. There's a bit of nostalgia for you. Ah, 1983, just 20 whole years ago. Anyway, uh, something I remember learning in college, of course, which was part of the continuum of, of formal education that started in kindergarten for most of us. And uh, I, I remember a lot of things from it. In fact, I remember learning how to read. Do you remember learning how to read? I do. Uh, we'll come back to what I remember about that in a minute. But years ago, uh, I was uh, looking for alternate ways of schooling my kids because I had had, I'd had enough of the St. Paul Public Schools. This was years before woke became a thing or at least a formal thing that we had a word for. And, and I, my concern was more the zero tolerance policy the way it was being applied uh, to basically solve teachers' problems. I'd, by the way, rack up all sorts of special education dollars for schools. It was a scam. I didn't want my kids out of there, and they did that. Years ago, when I was looking for alternative ways of schooling my kids, I ran across this idea of the Sudbury School. Right Now, it's a school system that started in rural Massachusetts, and it, it makes kids completely responsible for their own education. I mean, radically so. Nobody tells kids what to do and when. Literally nothing. And this sounds all very unicorns and, and, and skipping around. And uh, to people who came up through the traditional school system, it see, literally seems that way. But literally, there is nothing saying, for example, that kids need to be able to read or do math by a specified level uh, by the time they're, say, eight years old. Nothing. They don't say, kids, you have to learn how to read by the time you're eight. And if you don't know how to read to a level we consider acceptable by the time you're eight, we're going to put, bring you into remedial education and make sure you get to that level. Not at all. And it's built around the idea that kids learn to learn. Kids are learning machines. I mean, think about it. By the time a kid is five years old, he's learned how to become almost completely fluent in a language. And sometimes more than one. I mean, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen was when my son started kindergarten. This little Hmong kid, five years old, was doing the interpreting for his parents. Five years old, and he's fully bilingual and fluent in both. Anyway, at a Sudbury school, nobody tells kids it's reading time. Kids just learn to read when they want to learn to read. When something in their head tells them, I better learn how to read or I'm going to be... Left behind in the world. Some learn by asking teachers to show them how. Some learn by asking other kids who, by the way, are capable of teaching them. Others just learn to translate the alphabet. By, and that's, but nobody tells a Sudbury kid when or how to learn to read or do math. They all do, by the way, by the time they're eight, uh, all of them read. You go to a Sudbury school and every kid, every nine-year-old old you read who doesn't have some serious uh, psychiatric disability or, or learning disability, they all know how to read well beyond what we call grade level in the public school system. And by the way, math is the same thing. Nobody says, today we're going to learn how to do math. What the kids do is, is when they say, oh, I should learn how to do this math stuff because I see my parents having to, to do math all the time. T they go to the teachers. They said, teach me how to do math. And the results uh, are amazing. Absolutely amazing. You will find kids over the course of six weeks learning more math voluntarily and on their own with nobody telling them it's math time and now it's reading time and now it's FIED time. They will they will learn, in many cases, learn more math in two months of concentrated, fascinating studying than they'll learn in eight or nine years in the public school system. Uh, a friend of mine started a Sudbury school in Concord, California, and he pointed out, and I'm paraphrasing here, again, that by age five, children learn a whole language, often more than one, along with a world of other material, all by just absorbing it from people around them, from the world around them, in their own ways. In fact, as my friend said, you have to work really hard to prevent children from learning. And, by the way, that's what the system largely does. It forces kids to abandon their own style of learning and, and forces them to learn by putting their butts in straight lines and seats and listening to someone tell them what and how to learn.
they, they point out that if kids learn how to speak their native language by the time they're five, uh, if if we if we were to teach them in schools how to speak the way we teach them math and science and reading today, we'd have a generation of kids with speaking disabilities complete with a whole class of clinicians earnestly trying to treat them. Now, Sudbury schools don't work for everyone, but uh, it's kind of amazing what they do. And, and it's sort of a similar idea to how some of the best homeschoolers work. I mean, you turn a kid loose, let their natural curiosity take over. They can do some amazing things. Anyway, talk about learning how to read. My dad was an English teacher, and Mom read to me a lot when I was a kid. I learned the alphabet, learned how letters and sounds kind of correlated together in the way a four- or five-year-old does. Uh, I was four years old. I, I clearly remember I was driving down 94 with my, not myself, obviously, with my mother and grandparents, actually, to pick up dad. Uh, he was going to grad school. He's a teacher. He was going to grad school at North Dakota State back when you still actually had to go to a building and go to classes in buildings to get your graduate degree. And I remember looking up at a freeway sign and, and one way or another, putting the letters and sounds together and, and saying, and I remember this saying this, far go. On a sign on the freeway. And I, my mom and grandparents were amazed or seemed amazed, or at least they made a big show of being happy about it. Uh, my little sister at the time, who was a baby, was not so impressed, but that's fine. She never was. Uh, anyway, and, and, and I went on into my career that I have now designing software for people, for companies, and I learned that basic psychology 101 stuff. People have different learning styles. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by having things taught to them. Some people learn best by sitting down and having someone lecture to them. That, that, that happens. They are disproportionately go into the law, by the way. There's the kids who grow up and, and go on to uh, years of graduate school. Nothing wrong with that. Perfectly legit. By the way, I tend to learn by doing something as someone explains and points out to me all the things I'm doing wrong. And by the way, different people learn different things in different ways. I've learned a lot of things by reading. Anything involving, say, home improvement or, or trade skills like that, I pretty much have to learn by doing it as someone <laughs> looks, laughs at all the, all the mistakes I made, and, I, and I, I, I fix things as I go. That's how I learn to do carpentry, for example, how to work uh, as a gaffer. I was a stagehand. That's a theatrical term for electrician. Anyway, come to think of it, come to learn, there are three different schools of thought as to how kids read. Because government does run our schools, and government tells schools how to do the voodoo they do. Turns out there are three schools of thought for teaching kids how to read, and each of these schools of thought, because there's government money involved, each of these schools of thought has armies of professors and consultants rooting for them and making money off of, off of either selling them to school districts or teaching future teachers how to teach it. One of them's called Whole Word. And if you're my age, you might remember the Sally, Dick, and Jane books. They taught kids how to recognize words by repeating them over and over. See, spot, run. And associating with sounds they recognized. And which, by the way, is probably what I did in that car on the way to Fargo that day uh, in 1967 associated some sounds and letters with a word I'd been hearing a lot because that's where dad was going to school. The other one's, fin another one, she says, phonetic, learning how to sound words out. And, and I'd done some of that in reading the sign. I mean, F, the letter F sounds like F. A can be ah or A, and I sort of winged it from there. I mean, I, did, I, I remember doing this clearly in third grade. My teacher pointed at a spot on the map and said, anyone read this word? And I raised my hand because I was like that. I frequently jump into things where I have no idea what I'm doing. And I looked up at the spot on the map after I'd volunteered, and the teacher said, yes, go ahead, Mitch. I looked at the spot on the map. It's a little island in the Pacific. I, knew, I loved maps at that age. And I thought, ooh, I have no idea what I'm doing here. So I, I, I started sounding out the letters. Hawaii. Yes, the teacher said, Hawaii. She cheered. I sat there thinking, whoa, I pulled that off. Holy cow. I felt like I'd broken like the, the, the Enigma code completely by accident. In a way, for a third grader, I kind of had. 
And the other one's a school of thought called whole language, teaching kids how to guess it, which amounts to teaching kids how to guess at it until, until they get it right. And that has been the dominant force in teaching kids how to read for the last 30, 40 years now. I'm being a little flippant with that definition, but it's not that far off. And as I was driving out to Brad Carlson's two weeks ago on Super Sunday to go to the Super Bowl party, there was a, a piece on, on NPR, which I listened to because you don't have to, on how and why this became the dominant way of teaching kids to read. Read, <laughs> there's a lot of government money involved in teaching consultants to go out to teach teachers how to teach whole word, even though the notion of whole word learning learning how to look at words, associate them with pictures, and memorize them over time, has been pretty much shown to be nobody's learning style, almost nobody's learning style, for decades. And it is the reason, one of the key reasons, that American kids' learning, uh, reading performance has dropped over the last 30 years even faster than other forms of education. Government money brings uh, the problems for everything. Let's take a quick break. We'll go to the phones when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12, 8 of the Patriot. The fun is just beginning. Mitch Bergen for Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. Twelve eighty, the Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM twelve eighty, the Patriot at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Immaculate Conception School is now accepting enrollment applications for fall 2023. Financial aid and scholarship funding still available. Schedule a tour today. Learn why Immaculate Conception School is your child's firm foundation. Search Immaculate Conception School. For 30 years, Robbinsdale Women's Center, known as RWC, is the first step for women facing unplanned or unwanted pregnancies. The majority of women they serve are seeking or considering abortion, but through their free services, including an ultrasound and parenting program, women are empowered to choose life for their babies. Last year, 279 moms gave life to their babies thanks to support they received from Robbinsdale Women's Center. That's 279 children born, enough to fill nearly six school buses. You can make a huge difference in these women's lives by giving to RWC. Your gift will bring hope and life. Robbinsdale Women's Center needs your help so more women can have the opportunity and support to choose life. For more information on RWC's life-affirming work or to donate, go to rwcinfo.org. rwcinfo.org. Robbinsdale Women's Center. Saving lives, changing lives since 1992. Make a difference today at rwcinfo.org. That's rwcinfo.org. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. By the way, my band Elephant in the Room had a great gig last night at the Roseville Legion. Uh, packed floors, dancers, all the way up to the final song of the night. 
Somebody requested Freebird. We played it. Yeah, we're that kind of band. Uh, we're playing again, by the way, two weeks, a week from this coming Saturday at the Savage Legion, the Dan Patch American Legion in, in Savage, Minnesota. And after that, uh, St. Patrick's Day, 3-7 to seven at the Roseville Legion. We're back there already, just three weeks away. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, 3-7, to seven, probably not on the deck, but close enough. We'll be uh, an afternoon gig there. So uh, catch up uh, with us there after your uh, parade-going festivities. And then, uh, just right two weeks after that, we're going to be at the uh, Shamrocks on West 7th and St. Paul's. It's one of my bucket list bars I've been wanting to play for like 20-odd years. Uh, finally getting the uh, the chance. Uh, hope you can make it down there to join us. This is going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, if it helps make your decision, uh, they make the same Juicy Lucy that the Nook makes. And with all due respect to my friends who love their mats, there is no Juicy Lucy in the world like uh, the one they make at the Nook and the Shamrock. So uh, that's really all the truth you need to know. Hope to see you there. Elephant in the room. Uh, our late winter tour well underway here. we got way too many gigs coming up. Let's be honest here. Let's, uh, we got a full bank of phones. So stick around. We'll get you all in here. Uh, I'm not Dennis Prager. I will not leave you hanging out on the line if I can possibly avoid it. Let's uh, go to uh, Dave in Mound, former Senator Dave Osbeck, longtime friend of the show. Uh, you are live and on the air, Dave. Welcome. Uh, what's up? Good afternoon, conservative infidels. I am not in Mound. I am now in western Minnesota and near the town of Bisky. That is my new home office. That's where I live. Huh. Um, and uh, I, I escaped the gulag of the metropolitan area. Uh, so, But I want to tell you the other half of the story. You stopped short of telling everybody about the Rondo story. Okay. Uh, uh, Mitch, do you know that the reason the Rondo money for studying which we study so many things. Do you know that Republicans in the Senate are responsible for that? I did not. Well, let me tell you the story. It happened, it started uh, in 2021. Well, they've been trying to work on this forever. And in 2021, amendments came up in committee. I was on the Transportation Committee. They came, They tried amendment after amendment to include the Rondo land bridge uh, in committee. Well, it was beaten back. Nobody wanted it. Republican senators did not want it. Well, at the very last minute, in the last week or two of session, suddenly Paul Gazelka, at that time the leader, negotiated in Rondo as part of an agreement. And you know what he got for his uh, for the Rondo agreement? You know what he got, Mitch? I don't offhand. What do we get? He he got twenty five jobs at an OSB board factory that was supposed to be built up in Grand Rapids. Now, that should ring a bell, Mitch, because this week the the OSB board plant is no longer going to be built. Huh. So Paul Gaselka <laughs> negotiated for nothing and gave them, and I blew a gasket. I blew a gasket in 15 different ways, and rightfully so. And all the Republican, most of the Republican senators were angry at Paul Gaselka. But now the Democrats got all their money for the study of Rondo thanks to Paul Gazelka, and he wanted to be governor. This is why things don't work in St. Paul, and this is, God help us, if somebody like Paul Gazelka ever became governor, could you imagine what we would be like as Republicans? We'd be holding our heads every day. I had that vision as he was running, and I couldn't say a lot, a lot about it on the air because that's not my job on the air. But uh, and of course, politics—you've you've been in the majority. You've seen how your your rating with conservative groups got uh, got pummeled when you had to start actually compromising to to play ball with the other side that happens it's a fact of political life but uh yeah when you give away everything uh before you actually have anything i mean yeah gazelka did way too much of that in my humble opinion i'd be more than willing to chat about that with him uh senator osmek thanks as always got to get you on the air and talk one of these days next time you're back here in the <coughs> gulag of the uh, of the twin cities uh engie in bloomington welcome to the northern alliance engie what's up mitch i i I'm without words. Um, I feel like the group that followed the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show yes. following the great. That's right. Senator Osmick. I know the feeling. A.K.A. the Mighty Oz. That's right. <laughs> now, point number one. I do not consider you the headliner. I consider you the godfather. You'll make it off of your camera. Political radio. 
That's very good. Yeah, that's, that's very good. That's, that's one impression I can do. Godfather, you should have told me I was calling. I could have prepared something for you. Oh, Ingi, okay, Ingi, here's my comment, for, for value come to me looking for a favor, Ingi. Okay, go right ahead. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, got, a, we got a minute this, here. This is the business we have chosen for ourselves. They keep pulling me um, back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, Mitch. We got 45 still, seconds, um, Ingi. Go for it. I, I'm doing 30. Mitch, um, I grew up in northeast Minneapolis. I'm 64. So um, in the 60s, I believe there was a connection proposed between a road connection proposed between 35W and 94. Yep. Now, I remember a stretch of land that was, was uh, just like uh, cleared out. And um, I believe that uh, local residents rose up and prevented something like that, like another rondo. Yep. And, and nothing ever happened. And now there's housing there and, you know. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was called, but maybe you can look that up. I can look. And by the way, we had an example just like that in St. Paul. In theory, there was supposed to be a connection between 35E, which is the last bit of the interstate system completed through the city in the in the late 80s, and uh, going up the Aid Mill Road that was going to connect to 94 around Snelling, and that would basically have a, a, a full freeway going through uh, through that neighborhood. Well, of course, who lives in that neighborhood? It's Crocus Hill. It's Merriam Park. It's uh, it's it's the tonier parts of summit university it, it should ring a bell if you live in st paul or know anything about the place it's the place where the wealthy dflers with clout live now the aid mill road got built because of course it was a it was a shortcut through the city but building a full connection between 35e uh way down just off of west 7th or off of uh, jefferson and uh, 94 around snelling they they were not going to make that connection ever happen. That's been part of the plan since the 1940s, but uh, it wasn't going to happen because, boy, they built that, well, they proposed that connection through a part of St. Paul where you have really, let's be honest, the people who run the city of St. Paul, the wealthy, progressive, white, middle-class, public union and nonprofit industrial complex members living in Crocus Hill and Merriam Park and parts of Highland Park who, when they say jump, the St. Paul DFL says how high and off what. That's how it works. Mitch Bergen for Brad Carlson. Back to our normal schedule next week. Thank you all for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on. Hi, I'm Mark Henry, pastor of Revive Church. January 20th was a March for Life event in Washington, D.C. It was the first March for Life event since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Like you, I care about our country, and I care about the rights of the unborn. The need to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves, it continues. That's why I continue to be praying for the hearts of our nation's leaders, and I hope you will too. I'm Mark Henry, pastor of Revive Church, and I stand with you in saying life is always worth fighting for. You want to feel important? You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We felt that way too. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Rossman from Chisholm, Minnesota, and that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Minnesota Army National Guard soldiers. We are people just like you, and together we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit nationalguard.com forward slash MN to find out more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. 
What if you could build a six-figure retirement income with almost half the money saved? You heard that right. Get a discount on your retirement, creating a six-figure income with 40% less than traditional 401ks and mutual funds. Hi, I'm Mitch Lyons, best-selling author and executive producer of a new Hollywood documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. In this film, economists and Nobel Prize-winning PhDs from Wharton, MIT, and Stanford share a strange concept called the retirement discount. It gives you more retirement income with the same dollar saved, and your money is never at risk if the market crashes. That's right. If the market crashes 30%, you lose nothing. Even people who who are on track have shifted money to this new strategy because it increases their retirement income or can allow them to stop working years sooner. So if you're 50 or older and want a bigger, better retirement, call Mitch Lyons Wealth to get a free copy of this brand new movie at 1-800-578-3535. This is a $30 value, but when you call today, you'll get it completely free. Plus, I'll include a copy of my book, Retirement of Steel, and I'll even pay your shipping and handling. No credit card required. Call right now. 1-800-578-3535. That's 1-800-578-3535. AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.